The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. Good morning. Um, we're reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. You can follow behind me. There's Bibles on the floor if you need one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jamin. Oh, you already showed the kick on my punchline. Okay, go back one slide. <laughs> so, the first thing I, w- I want to talk to you all about is... Um, is prayer, because we're gonna pray right now. So God, we just thank you so much for an opportunity to, to be in a place, a public place, where we can worship you and bring you glory, because God, you are worthy of it. Lord, we're thankful that we live in a country where it's not just a freedom, but it's a, an opportunity. God, for us to be in public, for us to to worship you, for us to speak of your name. Lord, help us not to take that for granted. For, the, for our brothers and our sisters that are in countries where they're oppressed, where they have to meet in secret, Lord, we ask that you would build them up today. God, that your spirit would, would reign in our hearts and in theirs, that we would feel akin, uh, a sense of family, a sense of one body, we pray that you would be with our brothers and sisters as we, together as a community of Christians in this time of year, celebrate the coming of your son. We thank you and praise you for all you've done for us and for what you're doing for this community. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Give me a second while I open up my, my notes. Ah, wait, there we go. So I'm, I, I used to be really good at, like, memorization, but, you know, as I got older and two boys, you know, it's just not good. It's good anymore. But uh, so that's why I have this. But one of the first things I want to talk to you guys about is that uh, we, we are, as a people, judge. And so the first thing um, that I want to show you is a picture of me with a beard, 19 days. So they're going to show the first slide. See, that's 19 days of me having a beard. Now... I, I, as, as a gentleman pointed out uh, last time he was here that I kind of look like Cat Stevens. Now that looks like Cat Stevens, doesn't he? And, uh, but in other, in other words, when I, when I had that beard, one, my wife didn't kiss me, and, well, not willingly, but, but when I had that beard, I'd walk into different places in different coffee shops or restaurants, and, and I would get a look. You know, the look that you're giving me now because you see that picture, and that's me. It's, you know, as, as, 
for those that have beards that look like me with a beard, I'm trying to be as politically correct as I can be, uh, you normally get looks. But after, now take, take the next picture. I did this on purpose. I took a picture with me without a beard. Now contrast, two different people. Can I get an amen for that? So, so I say that because I and you, we tend to be people that judge at times, whether it's a person, um, whether it's a circumstance, whatever, whatever they're going through or someone's going through. But the also, also what we tend to do um, is times of years, times of years like this, like Advent, Christmas time, we always look at it, okay, this is, we already make a judgment in our mind going into this time of year. This is how it's going to be. We're going we're gonna to have Christmas. We're going to have presents. And, and, and sometimes that can do us a disjustice. Did I say it right? Yeah. Or a disservice. That's a, good, that's a good word as well. And because it, it, we forget, and sometimes we need to be reminded, sometimes we need to... Um, Remember what Christ has done for us and what he's doing. Because this, this time of year is a joyous time for us as Christians because it marks Advent. And I, and I had to look up, I knew what Advent meant, but I really had to look it up. It just means the coming of our Savior. And because Christmas comes every year, we feel like we know the story. Because Christmas comes every year, we feel like we know the story. And what I want to challenge, what I've challenged myself and I want to challenge you guys with, is let's rediscover this Advent season this year for us. Let's rediscover the wonder of Christmas. So like Dale said earlier, Isaac Watts is the writer of Joy to the World, and we're walking into the series um, this time, right now, like he said, if you weren't here, we're going to be doing four weeks of Advent. Today is the first week. We can't have fire. If you weren't here earlier, we can't have fire in the building. So this is our equivalent of lighting a candle for Advent for the first week. It's pretty cool, actually. I think it's pretty cool. And, um, and so Isaac Watts wrote the song, Joy to the World. And I want to kind of tell you a little bit about Isaac Watts because um, when Randy sent me a couple, a couple articles on who he was, and he just he sent me a bunch of stuff, and I read through. I thought it was very, very interesting about the, the man himself. He was born in 1674 through 1748. He was the author of around 750, 750 songs. They were hymns, commonly, and he was commonly called the father of hymns due to the popularity as the first English hymn writer. Cool, interesting thing about, about him as a kid was that uh, at his time during the church's um, existence, they would sing psalms. And so psalms in, in, the, in the Bible, they would sing psalms. So he, at a young age, was, was, uh, made a comment to his dad, and he said, he said, if, if this was a reflection of people's heart inwardly of how they're expressing their worship to God, it's very sad. Like, there's no passion there. There's no... And so his dad got so annoyed with, with him talking about um, how the, there was no passion in the songs that were sung by, by, by God's people 
he said, you know what, son, write some songs then, write some songs. So that started his journey into writing hymns. And, um, but what I also found out through some of the articles was that uh, he wasn't a very pretty man. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was just kind of strange, but I, I, I'll describe, I'll read what, how he was described um, by one of the articles. It was on christianhistory.net, so if you want to look it up later. His illness and unsightly appearance took its toll on his personal life. His five-foot, pale, skinny frame was topped by a disproportionately oversized head. Come on, that's funny. Come on. That is funny. And (laughs) moving on from there, almost every portrait of him depicts him in a large gown with large folds, an apparent attempt by the artist to disguise his homeliness, his ugliness, or however you want to translate it. This was probably the reason for Elizabeth Singer's rejection of his marriage proposal. As one biographer noted, though she loved the jewel, she could not admire the casket which contained it. Dang. <laughs> So, so okay, so, if it, and again, this goes back to, real quick, the, the judging, when you see someone first, you don't know what's going on inside them. They may look bearded and crazy, and, but they might be a nice guy, right? <laughs> but for, for Isaac Watts, he wrote the song, Joy of the World. It was written in 1719. I'm sorry, 1719. It was a song that was, this song was written to celebrate Christ's triumphant return. And you know, that's, I thought that was interesting because when you hear, joy to the world, the Lord has come, we usually, we usually hear that during Christmas time, correct? And so what I was surprised to find out was that it was actually talking about the second coming, not the first. But like every great hymn and every great song that's been written, it kind of covers three bases. And I want, I want you guys to write this down because this is kind of cool. Um, during this song, when he wrote it, it, it does make room for the incarnation of God. So the first point is incarnation. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. So that's the, that's the incarnation. So he's talking about the incarnation there. But in this hymn, you have the incarnation. You also have his dwelling in our hearts by his spirit, and obviously the glorious return. And you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, well, let me get into that later. As we, as we rediscover the song, Joy to the World, there's another, we, we always look at the story of Jesus in this time. And obviously the first character we're gonna cover today is Joseph. And there's some interesting things about Joseph and the history that followed him, specifically with his betrothal, Mary. I want to read again Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed, and I never say this word, word correctly, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. As I begin to, to look at this, we all know the word betrothed. And, we, and in our culture, in our society, that's obviously engagement. But during the biblical times or during the time where Joseph and Mary were present on this earth, that means there's a process to marriage. And it's twofold. The process of getting married occurs in two stages. And I'm going to butcher this, this Hebrew word, so I butcher the English word. So, But, but, in, but right now, it's, it's called ethusim, which is the betrothal. And betrothal and the nisan, which is the marriage ceremony. The eusin is a religious ceremony in its own right. More binding than an engagement. And once it occurs, the woman is considered the wife of the man. As part of the eusin, the husband gives the wife a kutubah, which is a marriage contract that is later signed and displayed in the couple's home for them to look at. So it's, it's interesting because I, I, I stopped at that word betrothed and I, I thought to myself, man, that makes more sense to why the, the, the seriousness that Joseph and Mary, when it was talking about shortly, shortly after where it says, it says, when his mother Mary had been, has, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, using that word, I, I didn't understand it. But now that makes sense when you look at the Jewish tradition of marriage and the two, two, two parts of it. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, during biblical times, if you were, you were found to, to be in a, uh, this binding contract, the betrothed, the eusin um, commitment in your relationship, um, there were certain... Levitical laws that, that if, if someone were to get pregnant or someone like the, the wife or the husband, there were certain acts that, that were not looked down upon. And one is in Deuteronomy 22.20, where it says, but if, but if the thing is true, the evidence of the, virg the virginity was not found in the young woman, then they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. That's how serious it was back then. Like it's a serious, serious thing. And you could see that Joseph here, he was an honorable man. As you read on, it says, 
unwilling to put her to shame, resolved, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as, he, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife. Forget, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people and their sins, from their sins. And this too and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to the son. And he called his name Jesus. One of the things that, that I, I, as I continue to, this week, to dive into this message and try to articulate it in a way that, that you guys would understand and look at this Advent series different and for me to look at this time of year differently. One of the things I find is, is, is that Joseph engages Mary through that eusin, and during that, betroth that betrothal time, life happens. However, he's bound by that contract. But before he breaks that kudubah, that contract, God steps in and speaks of salvation for him and for his people, and then he takes Mary as his wife. And this is where, for me, it gets a little personal. Because I, I look at this, and I look at this example of Joseph, and I look at my own salvation. And I look at how God comes in, and he opens my eyes and reveals himself to me. And I recognize for the first time who God is. And just like my salvation story is your salvation story, that God opens our eyes to him. He engages us. It's that eusin that betrothal. Then life happens. Then we start walking along this journey as a Christian and we recognize that these, this life is very difficult at times because the Holy Spirit steps into our place and he wants to change how we react. He wants to change how we do things. And there becomes a tension, kind of like where Joseph, he's, he looks at Mary, and there's this beautiful woman that in that time, that Eustin time before the marriage, usually lasted between 12 months to about two years of getting to know each other. And what I found was interesting in the Jewish culture, marriages, even today, 5% divorce. Because they spend that time of getting to know each other, asking each other difficult questions, and their families get to know each other. And they spend that time in that, that betrothal time. And I feel like that correlates to our life. When, when we as Christians come to know and God engages us, he, it's almost like he, he proposes 
and he gives his life for us. He's paid the cost. He's, he's got the contract in his hand. And life happens. We find ourselves in circumstances and situations like miscarriages or lost loved ones or we're wrapped up in sin so deep that it hurts. And the Holy Spirit that engaged us and opened our eyes to either the sin or or to the parts of our, our hearts that are hurt begins to do a work and shows us salvation through his son. It says in the Bible, several different areas, that we are the bride of Christ. Why? It's, it's, it's like this dance that we do that as God continues to engage us on, while we're here on earth, he starts to weed out the things, the tension in our lives. But it's all to bring us closer. It's all to bring us intimately with our Savior. When we find ourselves in tension, where Joseph finds himself with a decision to make. What does he do with this woman that he loved, that he does love? Instead of doing what the, the law says, which is to stone her, he decides to put her away quietly. Then God steps in. And like our lives, he steps in. Sometimes you and I forget the significance of the Advent season. It's not just the incarnation when, when Christ comes as a baby. But it's a joyous occasion where we, where we see a, a God that that comes down, puts on flesh. He's a mighty warrior, not by the physical things that he did, ruling, but by the fact that he took on all our sin. And we have joy because when we look at our salvation, when we look at Christ, we recognize that it's in his hands. That this is not our home. Yes, it's Christmas time and the little baby Jesus and all that stuff. And, but more so, this time is a celebration of the joy that we have in our salvation. That no matter what life has thrown at us, no matter what difficulties that we face, that God came down through his spirit and he continues to woo us as a husband woos a wife 
and continues to shower us with forgiveness and love and patience. And that brings us joy. We must continue to rediscover this story we are telling ourselves this Advent season. We must continue to remember that salvation has come and is coming again. He's coming again to redeem us and that joy that we feel. We must remember that we, the church, is the bride of Christ. The price has been paid. The document has been signed and is hanging in the walls of heaven. Our names are written in the book of life. I wonder what it would be like when we're in heaven together that those have come before us that we have loved, that have shown us the way of Christ, or those that we have lost through terrible sickness, that we will be united because of what Christ has done for us. That joy, I can't even explain it. I know my grandmother on my father's side, I've never met. But what I was told about her was that she would give to anyone. My father had eight brothers and a sister, and she adopted another young man as my Uncle Eddie. She just gave and gave and gave. I wonder, I can't wait to get to heaven to see her to meet her, to know that her legacy is living on through me. We have victory. I'm gonna pray. And the band's gonna come up. After I get done praying, we're gonna take a moment just to re reflect. Then we'll take communion together. Father, I'm thankful I'm thankful that we serve a God that, that came down And we serve a God that doesn't leave us the way that we were. That God, that our, our joy in this season is not just because you came as a baby. Because you came as a resurrected king as well. So God, we, uh, we're thankful that this time of year is a reminder 
that you love us, that you called us your bride, the church. Lord, that we can have joy, true joy, because of the salvation that you've given us. That no matter what the tensions of this world bring, that your Holy Spirit dwells with us. It's because of your Son. It's because of what you've done for us. Help us to rediscover this avenue. So um, as I sit here on the front row and listen to the, the message, I just want to share you what's, what's in my heart is, is it, that I'm wrestling of, of not just going through the motions once again, of running through Thanksgiving and Advent season coming, knowing I need it in my heart to be stirred. Um, I need to rediscover the joy of our Savior coming to save us from our sins. And I know, I know that's our great hope for you guys in, in this time together as a church and as a body as we walk through this. But I know that uh, just a couple, uh, 90 minutes or whatever time we get to spend on Sunday mornings and Advent season and see groups and things like that, that that's not enough. That's not enough for my soul and it's not enough for your soul. So I pray um, that this would just be the beginning of a stirring, of a wrestling, of, of really having a desire and even ask God to give me the desire, Lord, to rediscover the awe and the joy of you coming to save us. And, and I hope today that maybe as you approach the table with your believer in Christ, that it would be this moment and as you take some time just to to stop and dwell upon the glorious story of the the second person of the Trinity leaving heaven to come to earth, to incarnate, to, to take on flesh, to live a sinless life, to willingly die on a cross, to bear our sins, to raise victorious and to return to the right hand of the Father and to know that all that occurred and that we look forward to his return. So the Advent season, all, every time we get into it, it's, it's just so much more. The birth of Christ is just the beginning. We have to look at it as a whole. And I pray that as this season in your life, as you, I know life has been crazy, and particularly for, for me and Keetra, 
that I know I, I need it. And it, you know, it feels like this year, each year I say, I need it, I need it. And I pray that, that the Lord would work among us and that would change us, all of us in this time. So I'm gonna pray and as you feel led, you can come up and partake of communion by taking a piece of bread and dipping it in the juice. Let me pray. Lord, we do thank you for this season of the year. And Lord, I pray that you would you would allow us to, to look at your word and to, to be amazed by the truth that's in it. Let us not just look at it as a story that many of us know. Lord, I as Jamin walked through his, his message as he stops and says, okay, this is where it got personal to me. Lord, I pray that this would, you would do that in our hearts, where we would see where this story, this great truth is personal to us. How you, you opened our eyes to the truth and you continually pursue us and you draw us back to you. And Lord, I pray as that, as that resonates in our hearts, Lord, that we would, we would be overfilled with joy once again. That you would save a sinner. And may that joy spill out from us. We thank you for the table and to be able to come this morning as a, as a family. Lord, is expecting a great Advent season, may we come joyous together, looking forward to what you're going to do in our hearts, how you're going to stir and you're going to change us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church. We are so glad that you took the time to join us today. At Doxa, we exist to make disciples who joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. We invite you to join us. Doxa Church meets at 10 a.m. every Sunday at River Oaks Elementary School. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org.